Welcome to High Fidelity Top 5, the weekly podcast where we talk about the movie High Fidelity, five minutes at a time. I'm Chris LaSalle. I'm David Soker. I'm Kathy Stoker. I'm Candice LaSalle. Hey, guys. Hi. Hello. Hi. This is exciting. We're here. We're, uh, we're doing our own podcast together. Aw. We've, uh... You got you uh, ladies have been guests on the Star Trek Minute podcast in the past, and uh, we've been talking about what to do with all of our free time during these special quarantine times. So we decided to get together and talk about one of our favorite group movies. Favorite movies we as a group. We needed more time together. Yes. yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we yes. came up with uh, High Fidelity, John Cusack and gang. Yes. All time favorite. One of the all-time favorites. Would you say this is in your top five? Like top five movies of all time? Yeah. No. (laughs) There you go. No. But it's... Isn't that interesting? Uh, It's not in my top five either. What about you? No, I wouldn't say it's in my top five. It's just a good all-around movie. Right. What about you, Kathy? I would say top ten. I was going to quote Rob Gordon, because doesn't he say that? We'll get into the first five in a moment five minutes but he says something or yells at laura you're not even in the top five um i would say high fidelity's top 10 for me at least um i think it's iconic in a lot of ways for our generation um it has personal meaning meaning to dave and i Mm -hmm. so i I think it's i think it's a, a special movie for us yeah i don't know if it would be in my top 10 even would it i don't know i'm really gonna have to think about that yeah See, it now makes me think, why are we doing this podcast? Yeah. I bet everyone's super glad they're listening right now. Because I think because like, we oh, enjoy the movie, all... we enjoy the music. Right. Yeah. No, I'm teasing. Yeah. And no. maybe it would be in my top ten. I'm just not sure. But I do love the movie. Being a teacher, I think our homework should be for our next week. What what are our top five or top ten and see if it did get in. Right. Okay. I, I, I think one of the things I like about this movie to go along this, these lines is how easily he quantifies certain things in their top five. Like if you would ask me right now what my top five movies are, I would have to think about it, but he's got them like right off the cuff. He's like, he knows his top five recording artists. He knows his top five, whatever, you know, as we discover through the movie, I feel like for me, that's, okay. that's a hard thing to ask. I guess I'm like, well, that was scripted. So it was probably pretty easy to come up with those that quick. <laughs> Uh, I know what you mean, though. I don't, yeah, I don't think I, do. I could come up with a top five of anything. I sweat when somebody asks me, like, what's your <laughs> top five or top ten? Or, uh, I'm like, yeah, give me a couple of days and let me compile and double check and cross-reference. And, yeah. So is it really, are, are our top fives really top five if you have to think about it that much? So, yeah, Dave, yeah. Mm. I mean, really, we should know our top five movies. I mean, I could tell you my Go. favorite movie is Sound of Music. Sound of Music. Done. Okay. Totally do that. Right out of the gate. Right out of the gate. Number mm-hmm. two. So you're already pausing. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know that I love a lot of movies. So one of the things <laughs> I so but for for me for top five is like okay if I was gonna jump and do top five I'd be like Star Wars, Star Trek: Wrath of Khan. But then I would start to. And I really like, you know, Star Trek, the motion picture, but I really like Memento and I really like, and I'm like, ah, see, it's all of a sudden I've got this like pile of movies that I really enjoy, but then I have to, and then you forget you know, about it. rank them against each someone other. Someone mentions it and goes, Hey, I want that movie. Can you guys come up with a number one movie? Like Empire Strikes Back. One. Empire Strikes Back. Kathy. It's tied. Shawshank Redemption and Goodwill Hunting. Okay. I think mine's Rathacon. Okay. But. Wow. I cannot wait to hear all our different <laughs> top five movies because we are all very different people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So let's so let's let's talk about it. So this is going to be uh, a weekly podcast in the vein of movies by minutes. Uh, as, as you guys know, Dave and I, or if you don't know, Dave and I <laughs> are also hosting the Star Trek Minute, where we go through the Star Trek films one minute at a time. But all this kind of rolls back to. Uh, Star Wars Minute, uh, Pete the Retailer and Alex Robinson, they're the ones that started this whole thing and got us all addicted to it and encouraged us all to do podcasting, and now everybody's doing every movie invented. Mm-hmm. Surprisingly, no one's doing High Fidelity yet. 
Um, so we're jumping in it, but we're going to do it a little differently. We're going to do five minutes at a time, um, which is essentially a week's worth of shows. Um, so this one is minute, this is week one. This is minutes one through five. I'm just going to kick it off, right? Minute, minute. <laughs> this week starts with the, uh, the Touchstone Pictures logo and ends five minutes later uh, when we get our first glimpse of a young Penny Hardwick. Mm. I think the opening line um, by Rob Gordon, played by John Cusick, is fantastic. What came first, the music or the misery? <laughs> I just think it's a, I, I like it. Well, I paused at that because I love pop music and I have never felt like a miserable person. And so I'm like, well, wait a second. How can you say that? Pop music makes people miserable. I mean, I know. I don't know. So I really didn't appreciate that line necessarily, but I guess I understood it. Well, I find I find it funny that this movie was made in 2000. And his line is, you know, did I listen to pop music because I was miserable or I was miserable because I listened to pop music? Right. We just recently watched um, the Trolls movie, uh, mm -hmm. World Domination or whatever it was about the concert. We have children. Yeah. And, yeah. and there's a whole thing about pop music being evil in that as well and being corrupting. So it's kind of interesting. 20 years later, another movie saying pop mu music is miserable. Well, I think, and I bet we will touch on this a few times, I think, I, yeah, I, I've often felt like I have to defend myself because I like pop, fun, pop music, whereas I think there are people, music snobs, which if you listen to the, our, the trailer that we did, mm -hmm. kind of touched on that. And I don't want to call music snobs. I guess that's how I view them, music snobs. I think they're, yeah, that's what the, these characters are. So I think it's and, fair to. And so I think they're so critical of, like, it's like pop music is, um, what's it, using, it's not, um, I don't know, what's that word? You're using all kinds of machines to make that music. It's techno? not like, not uh, industrial. Auto tune? No. Yeah, more auto tune, not natural, not organic. It's yep. very, like, produced. Mm. Yes. You know, like a Taylor Swift song or. You know, I don't know. I think Dave. But, I think Dave Grohl would agree with you. He's very much. Uh, I remember at one of the the Grammys, he came out and said, "You know, we need to put the music like back in music, like more of like music who that's." Who defines that? What's that? Sorry, I interrupted. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just. Yes, who defines it? I don't know. Like, in terms, I think he was. I think he was referencing better? things that are over overly produced, auto tuned, and not like. You know, natural singing people. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he was referring to. But like I have a hard time with that because I still think it's someone still spent time not making that music, and someone likes listening to that music. So why does Dave Grohl or whoever why is his natural voice necessarily better than some? thing produced and overproduced or whatever. I think whatever brings someone joy and isn't hurting someone, what, what makes one better than the other? True. Great question. The opening song is, the, what's the opening song again, Chris? I know you'd, it, that's a rock and roll song, right? Uh, yeah, it's a, You're Gonna Miss Me by the 13th right. uh, Floor Elevators, yep. And I just found that to be a good song to open up with, especially because this is the, you know, a breakup scene. Mm. But it, I consider that rock, and there's also, like, a, it reminds me of, like, Rolling Stones type of music. So I just found it interesting, I agree with you, Candace, that he goes right into criticizing pop music, but yet the music that's being played is more rock and roll, Right. Yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't sure how to read that, like because I, you know, I don't know if he's talking about you know in the in the same thing he's talking about, you know, uh, you know parents, you know, worried about guns <clears throat> and violent right. video games, but parents are worried about all these songs that are chock full of heartbreak and loss. So I don't know if he's talking about the same thing in these in those few sentences, like is he talking about pop music right. that is not necessarily 
uplifting and and uh, right. you know right sure. yeah uh, I'm happy right it's it's the pop music that's still popular but it's about you know losing someone or breakups and mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I, so I so I I read it differently I wasn't that I wasn't a, it wasn't a wasn't a critique of pop music in general it was just right. the lyrical content of so many songs it's mm. such a downer right that, you know when you really think about it like um, yeah so that was my read on it, it wasn't so much that uh, pop music is gross right it's a downer but that's how people are processing those emotions and so when someone can connect to that heartbreak and someone else is singing about it then they know they're not alone i mean yep no if you haven't had your heart broken and you're listening to this sad sappy song it's not gonna make you depressed i don't know it sounds like every country music song out there aren't they about like my truck and heart heartbreak uh, I don't know enough to comment, Dave. <laughs> I think I think I think you have to look at it contextually too, right? right of we just we just walked. The movie just started. The music's playing. Uh, Rob starts talking to us about misery and heartbreak and loss, and then lo and behold, he literally just broke up with his girlfriend, his right. living girlfriend, Laura. Yep. Right. So so his you got to you got to look at it that way too. So yeah, I, to Candice, what you were saying. Sure, I can connect to a song that's full of all these heartbreak and lost lyrics, and I can connect with them because that's what I'm going through right now. Um, so I think he's, I think he's in that same. He's about to get into that space. He's kind of blaming it. I think is what he's doing. Right. 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 Um, I mean, his tone is is just of utter misery and anger. Right when he, we first get a shot of his back, and then he turns around and breaks the fourth wall. Right, that's the expression, right away. Um, and his tone about you know what came first, the music or the misery. I mean, he's miserable in saying that, and it's just an interesting way to I think start off the movie mm. because we realize we're going to get his thoughts and feelings, and then he plays it out with saying to Laura in such an angry tone, something about like you don't need to leave right now. Yeah. Well, he switches, he switches gears from talking to us, then to talking to characters, back to talking to us, then to talking. I mean, he does he does it so effortlessly that it's it's genius. Yeah, really. I think so. I think they do. He does it very well. So you want to talk about Laura then, since we're there? Laura. So Laura, you know, her first lines. I I, I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh. Like, like I said, it's interesting that they, they did the breakup off screen. We didn't have to see any of that. Mm-hmm. But now it's the like literal aftermath. So like she's supposed to leave. I guess they live together, right? Is that, right. That's what so we're getting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stay the night. <laughs> of course he's going to say that, right? He didn't want her to break up. Or he didn't want to break up. So can you stay a little longer? He's just trying to drag it out. Right. How much? How much do you... <laughs> I mean, I know this movie is about his relationships and specifically his relationship with Laura, but, you know, are you connected to this at all yet? Like, are you, do you feel for them at all at this point, or is it more just, ah, whatever, get on with the movie? He had me at the first question. <laughs> because I think I instantly and often when I'm watching a movie, I want to connect with the characters and then make it all about me, which sounds very egotistical. Um, But no, really about connecting with the characters. And so instantly, you know, you flash back to your own childhood, you know, middle school, high school, and, you know, beyond. And I start thinking about songs, you know, because then he goes into the breakups, the top five breakups he's had or remembers. Um, And again, going back to what you were saying, Candace, I don't really categorize like he does um, but you start thinking about that and I start thinking about more like breakup songs that I would listen to pop songs just to feel the sadness and connect with a singer or a band um, and maybe part of that's that angst because he does talk about you know middle school angst as well yeah he does seem like pretty desperate and you know and I'm trying to think of how I connected I feel to him in that moment and how invested already I am um, yeah and then yeah I the, don't know the, the reason I ask is yeah. because I mean, I've seen this movie several times and probably by my least 
favorite piece of the film is their relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I like all of the rest of the story, but their relationship. And, and I'll, I'll be curious doing this now as a rewatch uh-huh. and going through it. Like, how, if I get reconnected to it, but I always right. find, like... I struggle, and I don't know if this is okay to say, I struggle with her, Laura. I'm not a huge fan of her. Mm. her I, I don't know. I don't know. There's just something about her that I don't... The character or the actress? Um, I Char- guess character. the character. Yeah. I don't know the actress really from anything else um so yeah i'm not and i guess i'm trying to uh, jumping ahead in my head about her as the character and i don't know yeah so i i kind of agree with you chris i think there's a little bit i'm a little like why is he so like uh, caught up in her but i mean i'm not in a relationship so (laughs) 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 i wasn't living with them um, yeah, I I don't even. Does anybody know how to pronounce Eben the actress's name? Is it an Eben? Eben. Okay. Okay. How about the last name, Dave? Yeah, I'm Since not going to roll. Not going to go there. She's uh, Swedish, I think. Right? Yeah. No, Danish. Sorry, she's Danish. Okay. Um, I don't. I I think I, looking at her filmography, I think I've only seen her in this. I don't think I've seen her in anything. Yeah, I don't else. think I've seen her in anything else. Yeah. Yeah, and I know Chris loves her bangs. Really? Yeah. He's I was, such a huge fan of like those really, really short bangs. Oh, I was going to say, I, I thought her hair looked terrible. In totally that... joking. Oh, okay. So joking. <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to go there. Oh, I sorry. Feel, I, I feel like it's kind of mean. Oh. But in my, in, my, in my life, I hate that hairstyle. <laughs> And I apologize to anybody who's listening that has their bangs like that. But it just drives me up the wall. And I don't know why. It's just a thing. Uh, And the fact that she's got him, and that's the first thing I I see when she pops on the screen. Like, oh, God. Right. I would have broken up with her just for that. (laughs) Okay, okay, Mr. Seinfeld. (laughs) What are your Uh, thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I, I am not a big fan of the hairstyle either. Um, I meant the beginning. Sorry, it's so petty. Sorry, it's really ridiculous. Well, she pulls it off. I think she wears it well. I just, I only joke because I know Chris is just not a huge fan of that look. I, I actually like that kind of look. I think I love when people are. They always seem a little cool to me. That ah, I'm just gonna chop my bangs really short and they pull it off. And I, I don't have a problem with that look. I just it made me laugh because I know Chris <laughs> is not a fan. I'm I'm interested in I, I mean I don't know if I have an opinion about her, one way or the other, um, but I'm very interested to discover the dislike that you guys have for <laughs> her during the course of the movie. Mm. Um, I don't know I don't know if I necessarily have an opinion because I I usually am we're following Rob around his antics with his. Right. You, know, you know, love lives, you know, friends and all that other kind of stuff. And I feel like she is, even though the story is about his relationship with her to a certain extent, because we're we're in present time, to, you know, go, experiencing it with him. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's such a minor piece to the movie that it's more about his dealing with love and loss and how to reconnect to it and all that and, you know, music and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like I, I don't think about her all that much mm-hmm. yeah well it's interesting in this five minutes i mean it's it's rob talking the whole time she has like two lines of dialogue and she gets in her car and leaves yeah right so that so so right yeah. there you, it's already setting the tone for the for the film it's like right. okay so it's probably not going to be about her so much as right. it is him and and uh actually they jump i guess they jump right into it i mean yeah he when he dives in with a you know here's my top five breakups well, my, what is it desert island yeah if i was on a he desert said, island my top yes. five breakups in chronological order right right but so go ahead oh we're, we, we were just talking about well, this and chris and i think we're i started listening to um the office ladies podcast it has jenna fisher and angela kinsey oh, yeah. from the office yep. and they're doing an episode a week and they were talking about the episode of the office when they're all outside and they um doing your top five list you're de- on a desert island and then one of them said desert island wouldn't it be a deserted island not a desert island <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh. and then the other one paused she's like oh my gosh yeah that's so funny that you say that yeah i guess it would be and, and so we were just talking about it and then 
when we watch this, and he's like, my top five desert island. I'm like, oh, wait a second. So is it desert island or deserted island? I mean, I guess, I mean, if I was on a deserted island. Yeah, I don't know. I would love to be on an island with all kinds of desserts. (laughs) 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 Oh, it's not that kind of island? No. 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 I don't know if I could pick my top five desserts. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're going to have so, a lot yeah. of top, top fives in this, uh, right. going through yeah. this movie. For sure. So he jumps right in. Yeah, he jumps right in. and Top uh, five flashbacks. Right. He's, well, he's t- he, he tells us his top five, and he's, I don't know if he's talking to Laura at that point, or he's... He's kind of, she's out the door, right? Yeah, he's just kind of you know, railing at the, the at the sky. Like, you don't even, you don't even break, crack the top ten, right? <gasps> I think, he's, like, I think he's talking to Why are you even living with us. her then? Yeah. I don't think he's talking to her. I think he's sort of like just saying to the wind, you know, right. we happen to be there listening. He's saying, you don't even grab the top five, Laura. And then it's when he rushes over to the window and says, if you wanted to mess me up, you should have gotten to me earlier, <laughs> which I think is also a great line because it makes you laugh. You know, right. Yep. Right. Yeah. His yelling. I, I love John Cusack's yelling. There's it was just the, his voice, the way it cracks. And I'm just thinking he's yelled in other films and I think I always smile when he yells I don't know why it's kind of silly I'm thinking of better off dead there's some yelling in there you know he's just like ah and uh anyway right that that expression of frustration that's tainted with being irrational (laughs) as well yeah there's a great one coming up in this film too so how old is he supposed to be do we know? I didn't research that part. I would say in his thirties. Thirties. Yeah, in the in the 30s. novel, he's in his thirties. Yeah. Okay, you've read the novel, Chris, correct? That the I have read the novel. I'm, re- I'm rereading the novel for the sh- for this show. Oh, good. I need um, uh, interestingly, this whole this whole five minutes is chapter one in the book. Mm. Don't know if that's going to hang hang together uh, uh, going through because mm-hmm. chapter one is. Is Allison Ashworth break up? Chapter two is Penny Hardwick, so I don't know. I don't know how it's how close mm. it'll tie as we go forward. But I just right. found it interesting that this minute ends, you know, just as we get to Penny, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where Chapter one ends as well. Um, some of, the, I mean, some of this dialogue's verbatim from Nick Hornby's book. Um, you know, even the the pop music making him miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. So uh, yeah, we'll have to credit. You know, some of these really good lines are actually. You know, right. Tied back to the book. Yeah, he did say that. Um, I think the he said that he, he loved John Cusack playing the role because he felt like he was just reading his book, like yes. a, a, you know, acting it out. That's cool. And the original setting's London, but mm-hmm. for this movie, it's Chicago, I believe, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, I was thinking. I was thinking about that too. Like. Um, I like. I mean, I like the. I like the book, you know, because it takes place in London, and you know, it's, you know, there's, you know, London accents thrown in there. There's you know slang thrown in there that doesn't. It just is. You know, it's. I enjoy because I don't know what they're talking about, <laughs> in some ways. You know, like oh, I don't know. He just called him a name, and I don't know if that was, uh, you know, super harsh or, right. or you know, a, um, you know, friendly jibe, and, uh, but I, I, I think I appreciate it that they they relocated it to Chicago and made the characters American. Mm-hmm. They got connected with them mm. better because there's, you know, there was, <clears throat> I know it's, I know it's England, so it's not like a culture, huge cultural change. Um, but would, would you, would you? I don't know that I would have thought about that, but I think probably when I saw the movie, I don't know if I knew it was a book. Yeah, right, right. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think... I don't know. I mean, it's connected to like Bridget Jones's diary that takes place in London right. as well. Um, right. But there are shows that I find a little bit like we started watching Fleabag, and I think that's, mm-hmm. and there's little bits I'm like, oh, oh I, you know, am I not connecting because I'm not her age at all, or mm-hmm. I'm not in that life, or is it because she's British and there's different like court you know, well, things that happen yeah. and there's references right there's all sorts of you know sure. references I f- in different British you know whatever shows or right. movies that right. I'm like oh is that a is that some prime minister they're making fun of and I have no idea who that, who that oh, is yeah, kind of like when we watch like the office the British one like oh, man, uh, yeah there's was... so much stuff that goes over my head yeah but, yeah right. exactly yeah so that's why I appreciate mm-hmm. it being in Chicago yeah. Americans 
I'm not right. saying, again, I feel like, boy, I only understand Americans. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying, but appreciate that. When he says that she's does, would lucky be lucky to crack his top ten, I'm like, it's just so, I mean, obviously he's very angry and hurt, and but God, really? I mean, you're living with this person, like, well, then, then why is it? I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess it's like a little bit of both. Like, why are you so hurt by it if it's not even going to crack your top ten? But yeah, it's like yeah, pick like, one, pick one. Yeah, but, but I think we get there. We get there. We get there. Yeah. It reminds me a little bit of um, Friends, the show Friends. When doesn't Ross make a list on you know liking Rachel or you know this might be like after one or two of their breakups, and it's that whole idea of like quantifying um, well, I don't know. and qualifying you know, I think I, with, I think with friends the only list I think of is the top five uh, people they could celebrities <laughs> they could sleep with oh, if ass. they were <laughs> and he has it laminated or something and he meets Isabella <laughs> Rossellini and, right, right, and right. he's like oh well I had an I had a list too and you were on it but right I, I think I applaud Laura for not turning around and like saying F you to him or something out of you know anger or yeah. spite back if someone was yelling at me you don't make my top 10 I would be right. really angry. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think he, I don't know, I think you do see a difference in maturity levels. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then he says it stems back to Allison Ashmore, you know, when they were 14 years old. Right. Um, yeah. What did we think of the flashback to his middle school or fresh? I don't know if that was middle school or freshman year. Well, he said he was 14, 14 so, so I would say... 8th or ninth grade. 8th or ninth grade, yeah. Yep. Uh, I got a kick out of it. Um, I, I like the flashback. I mean, they they, they, uh, they jump back to um, uh, the soundtrack for that moment is I Want Candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which t- took me a little bit on that one because I'm like, I know this song, and but it's actually a cover song of like a... from. Um, the Strange Loves in the 60s, mm. uh, but that's not the version, but it's the version they're playing is by Bow Wow Wow, and it's from 1982. Um, Which I did not and, know. Uh, well, the, one thing I, I, I just I had fun with this one, because I was like, because it sounds like, to me, uh, Joan Jett um, mm. singing it, and Joan Jett's first album has a lot of stuff that sounds like, you know, 50s and 60s mm. pop. Okay. Um, kind of throwback stuff. Uh and so I was surprised it wasn't her, but she produced it. So she oh, was. Really? Uh, oh, so there was fact. some of her tangled into it. Yeah. yeah. So wow. Uh, so I wasn't super crazy. But. No, I'm sure you were bang on. Not a, on that one, you were. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that one. So the so one fun note I had, I was just looking at the you know the folks in the flashback. Uh, the kid playing young Rob Gordon is Drake Bell. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, looking up, uh, hey, Drake Bell, how do I know him? He's on the uh, Drake and Josh show or whatever. Oh, get out. Is he what? really? I completely missed that. Yeah, like the show that Miranda Cosgrove first starred on. It was on Nickelodeon. I think it was like the Drake and Josh show or whatever. Yeah. What? Uh, what? That's He's Drake? Yeah. He's Drake? I assume Drake is like a kid. Is he a kid? In this movie, he's a kid. Yeah. I know in the movie he's a kid, but in the show, is he a kid? Yeah. How old is that show? I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, but I guess maybe around this time. I guess around this time. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Oh. Um, we don't know him from that. I guess. I don't know him from that. Uh, Rob's friend, though, the kid who ends up calling Allison a slut. <gasps> uh, Middle schooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's Aaron Himmelstein, uh, played by Aaron Himmelstein, who ended up playing young Austin Powers in Goldmember. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I completely forgot about that scene. I'm like, young Austin Powers? You know, I looked it up, and it's, you know, young Dr. Evil and young number two, and it's 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 uh, he's hilarious. Um, that's so, But, yeah. Uh, oh, he was also in yeah. The Avengers. Yeah, which I don't, I don't know the character in The Avengers. So I figured you'd know Dave. He was just like a techie guy. Those techie guys, I know. You guys. So, what do you think of that? I mean, this is his this is his number one breakup, right? It's the girl that he. But he was with her. What do you say? Three hours? Six hours? <laughs> six hours. Six hours. That's your number one breakup? Three oh, days geez. for two hours after school and before the Rockford Files. 
<laughs> Which so I think most people listening today seeing this movie probably like Rockford Files. What is that? I never watched the Rockford Files. I didn't either. Oh, I love the Rockford Files. It's Carr and the theme song and James Garner. I mean, it was a great show. I forget, yeah, that does actually, we should probably, we can probably connect some of the dots here too, right? So Rob is actually approximately our age okay. in the film. Like, so he's in his mid-30s in 2000, we were in our early 30s. Or okay. maybe so. Maybe I was. <laughs> yeah, uh, clarify. So, he, so we're roughly, we're at least generally generationally right. in the yes, same okay. ballpark. Right. Yes, uh, right. So yeah, some of the, a lot of these references that are good because they, they all, they hang together for us. Yeah, Rockford Files was on from 74 to 80, so... Uh, yeah, so that would have been during our growing up period. Mm-hmm. But no, seventy-four to eighty, I would have been well seven. Is that what I'm watching when I'm seven? You weren't watching that. I you're wasn't. so you're just a punk kid on this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, I suppose it's his number one. I guess because that was like the first time he first, got his heart broken. Yeah. Right? First crush. Yep. Right, right. Yeah, I guess it just, yeah, I guess what quantum, like, yeah, what makes that his top number? Did we find out later? I don't know. Like, well, makes that he did, he did say this was chronological, so this is his first breakup. Oh, oh it's chronological? Yeah, yeah. He, he does say that. He says, uh, okay. in chronological order, uh, yep, yeah, my desk right. I'm an all-time top five most memorable breakups in chronological order are as follows. Oh, okay. So, okay. so she just happens to be the first one. But he okay. does also say that this is one that all others are built on. So this is sort of the standard. Right. Which I found to be interesting because I thought, wow, that's your standard? Mm. And then I went back to the maturity level on that yeah. one. Um, right. And then I, you do think, right, probably can remember the first person you had a crush on, whether you truly made out with them or dated them. Mm. Um, and then he says, you know, Kevin Bannister. And so often you do remember the person that did end up going out with that person. The villain. Um, oh. Yes, right. the villain, right? And, and how those roles get formed at such a young age. So, so actually, now that I think about it, there. oh, uh, this is going to be an interesting conversation about his. So he basically says, all my other romantic stories seem to be scrambled version of this one. So it's basically, mm-hmm. the first one is, another boy came to take his place. Mm-hmm. How many others of the stories that we'll hear involve another boy or man doing something in his place. So I think that's going to be an interesting yes, parallel, parallel that we're going to see between his different relationships. Maybe there is a common thread. Yeah. Yeah. I look forward to that because I don't remember off the top of my head. I'm trying to remember when he broke up with uh, when he broke up with the girl in Better Off Dead, <laughs> or she broke up with him. <laughs> Wasn't it for another guy for the ski slope? Yeah, guy? it was for uh, yeah. Right. right. Was it Blaine? Blaine. Is that his name? It's <laughs> he's definitely a Blaine for sure. If it wasn't, if his name wasn't Blaine, he was a Blaine. Right. Um. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, that'll be interesting because I'm already going on to Penny. Yeah. And I don't know if another guy. We'll have, yeah, to see. we'll have to see. Let's see. That's that's oh, in gosh. that's a minute six to through ten. Yeah, it was that's, Roy. That's, Roy yeah. Stalin. Roy. <laughs> Roy Stalin. Yes. <laughs> oh, an even better name than yeah. Blake. <laughs> so right, he goes uh, on to Penny Hardwick, and that for some reason, you know, I haven't watched the movie in a long time. Obviously, starting to rewatch it now, but that name has always stuck with me. Um. I just think it's such an interesting character name. What Penny Hardwick? Penny Hardwick. No, I was just trying to think, like, I guess it never really, Penny sounds like a sweet right. name. Right, right. Penny Lane. Penny yes. Lane. Well, I think Penny that's, Marshall. And that's, I mean, her character. Well, I think that's what she is. We see her, and yes. she's got the, you know, she's got the sweater with the skirt and the, you know, the, the, knee, very, socks. the knee socks, and she looks right. like the girl next door. So, yeah, right. I think the name fits her character. Um, what do you think of her top five? I said of her her bands. Yeah, Carly Simon, yeah. Carol King, James Taylor, Cat Stevens, and Elton John. Great stuff. I could, I mean, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I like all that. Yeah. Are any it's of very... those are any of those in your top five? No, I don't know. I don't even top five music. <laughs> forget it. You can't. I, 
I listen to like five bands. By the by the time general, we get to so. by the time we get to the end of this movie, we'll all have discussed our top five music. Right. Um, yeah. Movies. How do we want to reveal that? We've I guess got, it's we like have twenty some odd episodes of this show. Top five <laughs> music when when I was in my twenties or my thirties or now or oh interesting I don't know I mean. Well, we can definitely talk about that later in the film. One of my favorite parts in the film is uh, talks about music over time. Music over time. Uh, yes. But uh, yeah, uh, for me, Dave, no, none of these. Uh, I uh, enjoy all of these artists, uh, but none of them are in my top five. What about you guys, Kathy? Same for me. Yeah, I mean, Elton same. John could get into top ten maybe if I. You know, again, start to think about it, write it down. Um, right. I mean, again, all amazing in their own right. Yeah. Yes. For sure. And it's so interesting because we, I don't know if he says like when he broke up with Penny, like how long ago that was. Looks like it could be high school or college. Um, but just the fact that he remembers that, her top mm. five, I think mm. is an interesting character point for him. Well, again, he's a music snob, so he's going to remember those sort of details. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, you were the guy that liked so-and-so right yeah and i couldn't tell in this clip if he liked that that those were her top five or he was like those are her top five oh, I, I, I don't think so. i think it was a little wistful, a little, wistful like, i think yeah. it i think if, if he'd really paid attention to her top five then maybe he would have appreciated her more been more appreciative then right um i don't know but that's yeah i thought me. it was he was he was yeah, because he was like number two, Penny Hardwick. She was great looking, and her top five recording artists. Like I, I thought it was one of admiration. Not admir. I don't know if admiration yeah. is the word I'm looking for, but yeah, that no, that admiration. sort of feeling. Yeah, yeah. Then, he was impressed. So yeah, you he think was, he's he impressed, impressed by that, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then he goes right into Elton John and Crocodile Rock, which is an amazing song, in my opinion, that makes me want to dance. You know, right away when I start hearing it, and then you see her, and it just is that. Again, for this movie, sort of that iconic image of her with her outfit that I probably wished I had, or maybe I had a version of that sweater way back when. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's it's fun what music can do for a film. I mean, mm -hmm. for, for me, I think I've talked about this on other episodes or other podcasts of, you know, that, that music can make or break a movie. Sure. sure. Did I tell the story about Gladiator when we... Um, I think so. I feel like I just heard that recently, but I don't know if it was recorded or not. No. Okay. So, so the movie Gladiator, Russell Crowe, which coincidentally came out in 2000. We, we didn't talk about oh. all of uh, all the okay. other films that came out in 2000 alongside this one. Um, love Gladiator. Um, and I rewatched it one time with the volume turned way down. And I had like the subtitles on. It was one of those things. I don't know if you were sleeping on the couch or something, but watched it again. And I'm like, ugh. You know what? That wasn't that great. I don't, you know, it was like, it's okay. But I'm like, geez, I was like, I really love that movie. Like, what the heck happened? Mm. And I realized, watching it again later with the volume up, it's the soundtrack. Is, oh, okay. It's an amazing soundtrack. Yeah. And it really, it adds a lot to the film. Uh, and having the having the volume turned down is just kind of like, oh, that's okay. So it's just, it's just, just an example of you know right. how, how this makes it. So so having Penny tied to Crocodile Rock, I mean, I think it sets you in the time frame. Mm -hmm. You know when it when it's when it, uh, I should have that at my fingertips. What year Crocodile Rock came out? It was probably in the late seventies. Um, but it puts you right there, and it also just tells you a little bit about her, right? right? So even without her speaking or anything, you've yes. already got a sense of. Who she might be as a character. Right. Sure. Came out in 1973. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Earlier than I thought. H have we researched or come up with the other movies that came out in 2000? Uh, well, like I said, Gladiator is one of them. Memento. Which oh, my is, God. Memento. Which I am, I, I am, I've said it before and I've said it again. I want to do Memento minute by minute in reverse. <laughs> I just remember coming out of that movie and my eyeballs were so dry because I don't think I blinked the whole time. Mm. Um, Ooh, some good movies came out. Yeah. Like Castaway, American Psycho, uh, X-Men, Remember the Titans. Coyote Ugly, you just won't buy that one. That's what I'm looking. Yeah, I'm talking about good movies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh, I didn't know that one where that fell. 
I don't know. With a meta score of 27, I'm going to go with not a really good movie. I know, but I watch it a lot when it's on TV. I don't know if I've ever seen it. I've never seen it. I don't know if I've seen that movie. (laughs) It's another movie that I think Molly, our 11-year-old daughter's watched that probably shouldn't be watching. (laughs) Oh, another movie, Breaking Dawn. That Molly loves. Almost famous. Uh, Unbreakable came out. Remember the Titans? Remember the Titans. Charlie's Angels. Ember's New Groove. Yeah, so a lot of good movies came out. Yeah. Meet the Parents? Oh, my God. (laughs) Mission Impossible 2. Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Yeah. That was a good year, the millennium. Yeah. Yeah. 2000. 2000. Remember when? Remember when? It's only 20 years ago. (laughs) That's when Dave and I reconnected. Anything? Yep. <laughs> All right. We did. That's when we got married. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Is it? It is. Oh, yeah. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. For one second. I'm like, wait a second. Ouch. All right, let's go back to the movie. I was trying to be cute. <laughs> I looked, All right. Do you know that there's, um, that there's a term, high fidelity? I, I was looking up, like, fidelity... Which it means very different than if you type in high fidelity, and like hi fi, yeah, right, like machines, yeah, like I just feel like I guess now I'm sounding like a dummy because I wasn't thinking hi fi, high fidelity. Oh my god, that means I have a question. So smart. In that scene when he has his headphones on, when Rob has his headphones on, yep, he's listening to music, I assume, yep, and she comes out and she unplugs it. Wouldn't we hear the music? Oh, Ooh. yes. Right? I'd say generally, yeah, but probably depending on how he has his receiver set up, it, it could uh. just it could just be playing through the. Oh the, well. He does. Turn, sure he does turn up the volume, and we do hear it through speakers. I later yeah, at in some the, point he does yeah. in the movie, right. so he must change the output or something, maybe. Because uh, I did think that, like once you put unplugged yeah, it, yeah, great catch. We have, yeah heard the music he was listening to. Right, should be definitely. blasting if yeah. he's, or at least hear it. Yep. But, uh, so that was, so is that like high fidelity hi-fi, like is that uh, the stereo he's playing? What's a hi-fi think, machine? Like, Kathy was going there, right? I think right, like, that's my, what I was trying to get back to that. My layman's definition of high fidelity is just like a high quality recording of music but is that am i right kath or right the, de- the, the definition says the reproduction of sound with little distortion giving a result very similar to the original okay sure so a very natural sounding you know this guitar on the recording sounded right. like guitar in the room that, right yeah. right so oh. not pop music well that's exactly what i was going to say <laughs> no but Candace, i was just going to say that so no wonder he despises pop music right Right, but I think I think you guys are saying so. You're talking about high, like auto tuning. You're talking about that kind of junk. I mean, because I think if you look back, at, like Buddy Holly, I think is considered. Well, I was like, just going to say, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, where where is it changed to? Yeah, I, I think there's know. a lot more music that's that's like would fall into the label of pop than we think. Mm-hmm. Well, what do we think? Yeah, what do we think? I want popular. candy. Is. What's or, that? What is what, I want candy? We just yeah, heard the song. Totally pop music. That's totally pop music. Yeah, I wouldn't I list that as rock. Any or... song with the word candy in the title, <laughs> pop music. Oh, interesting. Okay, challenge accepted. I'm going to find a, just this horrible, horrible song with candy in like, the title. Does Bob Dylan write a song with candy in the title? Probably. I'm not dissing Bob Dylan. I was just trying. I was what do, we again. Were we're, just again, we're about. learning about we're learning about everybody's tastes here. This no, this is uh, this is good. I'm going to learn a lot about music during this uh, this journey. Sure. What do we think about Crocodile Rock? So it, to me, that sounds like a pop song a bit. It's so, kind of so, poppy, so when I listen rock, to it, I, I feel crocodile. pop. I do mm-hmm. not feel yeah. a rock song. Right. Yeah. Right. Even though there's rock in the title. Yes. Right. 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 Yeah, and he was trying to he was trying to emulate some I I forget who the he's trying to emulate another song from the 50s or 60s. Oh, so that's right. not that that Terrible. changes anything, but. Um, for me, Crocodile Rock, I, I connect to it as a kid. So hearing it now, I, I always think okay. of it as like like Octopus's Garden, <laughs> Crocodile Rock. I think of those as like, it's a, a song these artists wrote. We're targeting kids, even though I don't think they were. Mm-hmm. But for me, I connected to it as a kid. Like, ooh, Crocodile Rock, I like crocodiles. Right. You know? so, <laughs> right. so for me, I have that association when I hear it. Me too. Is that what you meant, Dave, when you said like 
what about the song? Is it a pop song or is it a rock song or where does it fall? Yeah. Yeah. Would you call Elton John rock? Not really. I don't think I would consider no. him a rock, like a, in the genre of rock, no. What about like Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting? That's pretty, pretty rock and roll. Yeah. But he's pretty, he's pretty, he's got a big range, mm. I find, Elton John. So maybe it's right. just, you know. Right. Well, I find he and Billy Joel, right? Is Billy Joel rock? Hmm. I would say. I wouldn't call him rock either. No? What do you call rock then? Aerosmith? Rolling Stones. Rolling Stones, Bon Jovi. Sure. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Sure. More, I think hair band rock. I think there's like different rock. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. There's, I think there's, well, there's but, also soft rock and. Right. So I think. Right. Soft rock. Soft rock. Oh. The soft supplier. rock. <laughs> the rock ballad. What's my channel that I have found? The oh my radio gosh, station. Yeah. It's a soft rock station. Yeah, I, think, right? I don't know. I like soft rock. It's the hits of today and yesterday. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, we were just looking something up about Elton John, who said he has a nice blend or some kind of blend of rock and rock pop. And pop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. For sure. Uh, one of one of the notes I had for this minute. This is changing the direction a little bit but um we get a, a couple of good looks at rob's apartment or robin laura's apartment but yeah. it certainly feels like rob's apartment the way it's ah, decorated it's i mean it's wall to wall record albums right. um and it looks yeah, like a record store it looks like a record store which you know makes me wonder about their relationship like did, so was that his place she moved in and mm. he never mm. you know they doesn't look like a couple live there look like he lives there um right. but i did notice that the records are uh, sorted alphabetically. Yes. So there was a, he walked by a couple of letter yes. T and like, oh, I inter interesting. Mm -hmm. So, because uh, that comes up later in the film too about when he reorganizes his record collection. So this one appears to be alphabetical. So, I, I think if anyone who could uh, understand what Laura's going through, I think Candace has a good idea. <laughs> Moving what? in with someone who has a massive audio yes. collection and still does um <laughs> and will not give it up uh, but no. it is not displayed in it's not in living did, areas right but yes i think <laughs> relegated to the yeah. basement <laughs> have you counted how many um i guess cds and well, I mean, now yeah. it's fine i don't know yeah albums you own it's a lot it's it's a lot it's, it's probably i can relate to her on that level sure yeah. yes well over CDs? a thousand, I know that. I don't know how many it is. What, Kathy? You still have CDs as well? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he I'm still a big... buys them and will not get rid of them, which yeah. is fine. I get it. I just, right. yeah, he still does. Yeah, I'm a big proponent of physical media, whether it's vinyl, whether it's a CD. Mm -hmm. I still have some cassette tapes. Right? right. It's you can't take that away from me. When the internet dies and the apocalypse hits, <laughs> I will be able to listen to all of my music. Yes. I'll still I'll still have it. How would you do that with no power? All right. That's the, you're just no. <laughs> I will hand crank the record. Right. Just say, <laughs> yeah. Solar pick, power. Find a way. Yeah. Yeah. I'd find a way. Yeah. Here's a question. What was your first cassette tape? Cassette uh, tape. Devo. Freedom of choice. Mine was Michael Jackson. Yep, as my, mine was Michael Jackson Thriller. Oh, mine was too. Oh, I don't know. A cassette tape? I don't Tapes, records? Well, yeah. Did you, yeah, what was your first the, you know, music purchase? I don't remember. I, I think my okay. first record was John. <laughs> Sorry, Chris. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. Uh, first record purchase. I think you have more records than I do. Like when, when, we, when we combined musical collections yeah you you came into the relationship with more records than i liked yeah. records better than cassettes because the picture was bigger yep. so i could look at all the, oh, the artwork know, yeah yeah well, for sure the cute faces <laughs> sure <laughs> um i don't know i don't know my first one you guys remember the first one you like purchased with your own money yeah. or first you owned yeah because i bought mine with yeah. a walkman <laughs> I remember my first CD. I don't remember my first tape. Or... What was your first CD? I think it was Billy Joel's Stormfront. Mm, okay. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Mine, I bought two. My first two CDs I bought on the same day. The Sinead O'Connor, The Lion and the Cobra. Oh. And the first uh, CD release of Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Club Band. Mm. 
mm-hmm. which at the time was the 20th anniversary of Sgt. Pepper. Music snob. Well, no, I, <laughs> that one that one blows my mind, yeah. right? So, so that when when that came out on CD, Sgt. Pepper was 20 years old. And so, oh, it's a big deal. Everybody's, oh, 20 years of, you know, it's, it's 20th no anniversary. Right. My, and my, my dad was like, well, I have the record I bought. I have the, you know, he bought it when it came out, right? He's like, I got the record. I'm like, whatever, dad, this is, this is the CD. It's like been remastered and audio quality is amazing, blah, blah, blah. And now that's like, that in itself is like, was 30, now it's 50 years old. That Didn't album Gabe was, just buy the Yeah, he bought Sgt. the 50, Peppers. he bought oh. it on vinyl. My right. son bought it on vinyl for the 50th anniversary right. of that album. Wow. Uh, which is just, you know, a scary statement on how fast time flies. Mm. Sure. I'm just impressed that you guys remember your first cassette or record. I just think, wow, that's... But I don't think music has as... I mean, I love music, but not in the same level as maybe some of the people on this podcast. Perhaps. Perhaps. (laughs) All right. Well, getting back to the movie, um, does anybody have any other thoughts about the first five minutes of High Fidelity? I do not. No opening credits. No. Love that. We had Touchstone Pictures logo. We had the title. Boom. Rob starts talking. Yeah. We're just, we dove right in. No credits. With music. And opening credits. Yeah. With music. We had three songs in this one. Yep. Um, oh, sorry. Three songs in this one. And we had, uh, I also want to keep track of uh, during this podcast is the t-shirts. Um, mm. I'm a a fan of some of the t-shirts that appear in the movie and there's actually one I've been trying to track down since this movie came out literally since the movie came out I've been trying to find a t-shirt that Rob wears we'll talk about it when it shows up oh exciting so Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep track so there was maybe someone will find it for you I'm I'm hoping our two listeners will be able to help us find it (laughs) dad if you're listening could you please (laughs) um but there was a T-shirt that appeared in the flashback. Uh, young Rob Gordon is wearing a Mr. Bill Show T-shirt. Mr. Bill Show. Mr. Bill. So also puts us in the same kind of time frame of late 70s. Okay. Uh, right? Mr. Bill is uh, an SNL skit. Um, so mm-hmm. there we go. T-shirt okay. one. T-shirt one. Three songs, one T-shirt. Uh, that's all I got. This I... is like Chris's perfect movie. <laughs> I'm so excited. Music <laughs> and T-shirts. I love it. Uh, all right. Anyone else? Nope. No, I think I'm good. This was exciting and fun to do with you two. It was fun. Three. Very exciting. Yeah, very exciting. I agree. Um, all right. Well, then we're going to wrap it up. And uh, this is usually where I say, hey, if you want to find us on the social medias, uh, you can find us on Twitter. We are at High Fidelity Min uh, on Twitter. So check us out there. Follow us. That'd be great. Uh, tweet at us. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and we'll be back again next week talking about minutes six through ten of High Fidelity. Excited. Here at the High Fidelity Top Five. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Stay Bye. Safe.